Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Sylph race. This is part of our race overview series where we go over all the possible player races. Right now, we're on the featured races. Sylph, these are the people that are a combination of human and then some sort of air element bloodline. Now I have the idea of an air elemental. That would be an interesting <laughs> union. Well, just like the Ifrits and the Orids, the nature of their air bloodline isn't determined. It could be from elementals. It could be from genies of the air subtype. It could be from any number of air-like um, bestial races. I just want to know how that would work with an air element. Don't, just don't ask like... questions, Caleb. Don't. Okay, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> what was I thinking? Uh, but what do they look like, Christian? I want to know. So I'm going to tell us, <laughs> because sylphs tend to be pale and thin to the point of appearing delicate, but their skinny bodies are often more resilient than they look. Many sylphs can easily pass for humans with some effort, though the complex blue markings that swirl across their skin reveal their elemental ancestry. Sylphs also bear more subtle signs of their heritage, such as a slight breeze following them wherever they go. These signs become more pronounced as a sylph experiences intense passion or anger. Spontaneous gusts of wind tousling tousling the sylph's hair or hot blusters knocking small items off of shelves. A lot of complicated words in there that people who have maybe a 10th grade reading level wouldn't have a problem with, but I do. <laughs> I like how they use the, the description of it's subtle. And it's like, no, I don't think wind following you wherever you go is very subtle or hard to notice. Or just constantly, uh, no, 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 don't go, don't go into my china game. All this stuff breaks. You cannot let them into a china shop. You just can't do it. Things will get knocked over. Or he's angry. All of a sudden, it, oh, we've talked about this before with, with um, I think, Kyle Ferguson about in uh, the Studio Ghibli films, movies like uh, Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away. Those are very famous movies, um, animated movies. Everyone's like the characters, like when they get angry, their hair kind of bristles, almost like an owl. This is the perfect race for that. When I get angry, <laughs> hair, my hair starts kind of floating in the air. It's like, oh my gosh, she's about to go Super Saiyan. So you're saying the perfect anime race. Maybe. Maybe they are. Uh, but I do like, I actually do like that little little touch of, uh, of it seems like they have to do something. Because like the fire guys get fire hair. The Orids look like they're rock. They're made of rocks. What are you going to do with the air people? Make them invisible? You got to have something. And I like this. I also like uh, the kind of blue tattoos, natural tattoos that are swirling all over them. I like that a lot. That's a very interesting aesthetic to me. And I, I can't wait to see if they do more with them. Maybe their feet or um, their their um, racial traits. But let's just talk real quick about uh, their age. Their age is what's typical of being an elemental, which means you're an adult. I'm sorry, elemental bloodline, which means, again, I can't say that because that's like a sorcerer thing. Being your heritage, elemental heritage, uh, 60 years old is an adult. You're middle-aged at 150 years old, 200 year old, 250 year venerable, and you can live up to 850 years. They're between 5 feet 4 inches and 6 foot 6 inches, and they're between 110 and 180 pounds. So the reason, actually, this is like once ever that this is important. You'll find out later that them being a little bit lighter is actually tied to them and important eventually mechanically. They're, they're just a lighter race. Not only in skin, but in weight. Hey. <laughs> and 5 foot 4 to 6 foot 6, is that is that human proportions? Or were humans a little bit shorter than that? I don't know, Christian. You're human. Shouldn't you know that already? I have. Uh, <laughs> 5 foot and 6 foot 6 inches is humans, so... Oh, so a little bit higher minimum for sylphs. Yes. 
That's interesting. We don't usually talk about this, but this is actually an interesting thing in their in their kind of like background information is that they are they're very curious and they'll just like listen to rumors and all that. I once had a player play a sylph and she did that all the time. She even had like we made like a little bit of rules to, for her to deal with it where she can just kind of listen in town and get different pieces of gossip. And they kind of uh not that they're embarrassed, but they just like they don't like being different. According to this is all like Galarian lore. You can make it whatever you want to be, but the way Galarian throws it is they like we don't please don't point out that we're different and they try to hide it and they can, you know, like I said that they try to go off as they can pass as human, but it's like, oh no, you saw my blue things. Oh crap, now we gotta have a conversation about this. Great. And I was the perfect recluse. They're the guys that want to be in their basement because if they go outside they're gonna have to talk to people. That's me all the time. I, I'm really hungry. I want to go to Subway, but then I have to talk to somebody. <laughs> Don't they? Let's go to Wawa where there's a digital thing and I can press buttons and then the Subway sandwich just appears in front of me. And the most I have to say is thank you. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what a Wawa is, a Wawa is like Subway, but a thousand times better and also a gas station. It's interesting compared to like how they represented being, you know, fire in your bloodline as Ifrits. They present them as very like, um, you know, quick to anger, not quick to anger, but quick to spur to action, very impulsive people. For the Orides being rock people, they present them as being kind of stoic and hard to spur into action. Steady. I, 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 yeah, and I don't see how you know wind air people come into being like they want to fit in they want they don't want to be pointed out that they're different and i i just can't think of any other way i guess to represent that i mean it's just as good as way right. as any is what i'm trying I, to say i guess what i'm thinking is like the only other option is that they're kind of flighty and ditzy and you don't want to be like oh i'm playing a race that's ditzy right <laughs> i think you know and plus maybe ditzy's too hard of a word but the kind of the gnomes and already kind of ha- not the gnomes the um yeah the gnomes already have that kind of right uh, but let's get beyond this. Let's talk about their racial traits. Sylphs are quick and insightful, but slight and delicate. They gain a plus two dex, plus two in intelligence, and plus and minus two constitution. Sylphs are outsiders with the native subtype. They're medium creatures. They have the best base speed, 30. They begin play speaking common and Orin, and if they have a high intelligence score, they can choose between Aquan, Dwarven, Elven, Gnome, Halfling, Ignan, and Terran, three of those being the elemental languages. Sylphs, just like their other elemental brethren, have the appropriate resistance. They have electricity resistance 5. They can use Featherfall once per day. I like that a lot. Yeah, Featherfall is super useful because, like, I don't want to say a lot of people don't know this, but most people I play with didn't realize that Featherfall is an immediate action. So you can do it when it's not on your turn in response to something falling down. Like, they thought just like, oh, I'm going to have to run up to a ledge and jump to it. Like, no, use it in response to anything falling. Uh, Sylphs have dark vision, so they can see perfectly in the dark up to 60 feet. And lastly, they have air affinity. Sylph sorcerers with the elemental air bloodline treat their Christmas scores two points higher for all sorcerer spells, class, and class abilities. And Sylph spellcasters with the air domain use their domain powers and spells at a plus one caster level. This is uh, similar to what the other elemental elemental races get. Mm -hmm. So just like with them, I'm hoping that we can replace that for people who don't want to be spellcasters. Let's talk about some of their alternate racial traits, Christian. The first one does indeed replace air affinity, and it's called air insight. And this is actually very much akin to what we saw for the Orid and the Ifrit. This is for summoning things that are of the air subtype. Sylph spellcasters sometimes find that their elemental heritage makes creatures of the air more willing to serve them. Summon monster and summon nature's ally spells that the Sylph cast last two rounds longer than normal when used to summon creatures with the air subtype. Again, I'm not particularly excited about this at all. 
Me neither. But if I'm if I'm not gonna have the air bloodline or air domain, might as well pick it if I'm still a caster. Right. There's breeze kissed. Breezes seem to follow more sylphs wherever they go, but some sylphs are better able to control these winds than others. A sylph with this racial trait surrounds herself with swirling winds, getting a plus two bonus to AC against non-magical ranged attacks. This sylph can calm or renew these winds as a swift action once per day. The sylph can channel this wind into a single gust, making a bullrush or trip maneuver attempt against one creature within 30 feet. Whether or not the attempt succeeds, the winds are exhausted and no longer provide a bonus to the sylph's AC for 24 hours. This replaces air affinity. A lot, but flavorful. I like the idea. Plus two AC versus arrows and other, I guess, bullets and such. Mm-hmm. Bolts and people throwing stuff at you. I, I do really like that one. It's very, it's both flavorful and mechanically, like, I would never not like having that. And just, like, 30 feet, I can trip somebody. That's great. There's, there's, you usually have to have spells to be able to do that kind of thing from a distance. Or very special weapons. Yeah, you could be like a fighter or a rogue and be able to do this like semi-magical thing. Next, we have Like the Wind, and this is replacing energy resistance for electricity. A sylph with this racial trait gains a plus five foot bonus to her base speed. Very simple. I personally like it. I have played a sylph in a campaign before, and I personally took this. Yeah, I'd trade that, that energy resistance for it. That's a good one. I don't plan to get struck by lightning often. There's Sky Speaker. Sylphs with this racial trait feel kinship toward the creatures of the air and can you speak with animals once per day to speak to birds or other flying animals. This replaces your spell-like ability, the um, Featherfall. Uh, you replace something I like a lot, but there's a lot of flying creatures, so that's pretty cool. I like this. The fact that I could just speak with birds and be like, hey, what'd you hear about that guy down the street? Okay, cool. Hey, guys, I know how to break in. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like Bioshock. I found the code. It's like 4754. You know, it was written in the window backwards. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, next, there's Storm in the Blood. This is going to replace Air Affinity, and this is another one we saw with both the Orid and the Ifrit. A sylph with this racial trait gains fast healing 2 for one round anytime she takes electricity damage, whether or not they, uh, that damage gets through their resistance. The sylph can heal up to 2 hit points per day per level with this ability, after which it ceases to function. So again, th- this was most useful on the Ifrit, where if, like they can just try and burn themselves with a torch if they still have energy resistance and basically heal themselves. It's a bit harder to casually electrocute yourself. And if you don't have electricity resistance, it's just kind of helping to, you know, soften the blow when you do get hit by stuff. There's Thunderous Resilience. Sylphs with this racial trait gain Sonic Resistance 5, and this replaces energy resistance. Uh, makes sense, logically. Mm-hmm. Sonic is probably the one I see the least of all the quote-unquote energy types. Next, we have Weather Savvy, and this is going to replace the Featherfall spell-like ability. Some sylphs are so in tune with the air and sky that they can sense the slightest change in atmospheric conditions. Sylphs with this trait can spend a full round action to predict the weather in an area for the next 24 hours. The sylph's prediction is always accurate, but cannot account for spells or supernatural effects that might alter the forecast. Another really flavorful one. Um, again, I can't think of, imagine it being super useful, but I really like it. I agree. Whispering winds. Some sylphs are especially thin and wispy, as though they were made of more air than flesh. Sylphs with this racial trait gain a plus four bonus on stealth checks. This replaces your spell-like ability trait. I'm surprised nothing has replaced our dark vision. Uh, did the Orid or Ifrit have anything that replaces dark vision? I don't think I they don't did. remember. All right, they have two racial archetypes: Sky Druid for the Druid and Wind Listener for the Wizard. Now, before we get to feats, why don't we hear a little bit of information about? Uh, let's see. I think this one is. Martin Luther King Day? I don't know. You're about to find out. I don't know why I'm trying to predict it when it's just about to happen. Just enjoy the ad. 
All right, let me just pop these in here. Turn on the TV. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just heating up some Totino's pizza rolls and getting ready to watch the big game. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can listen to Trailblazers on this very feed. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, put on your favorite jersey, grab some dice, and join us. Alright Christian, I got some chips and some sandwiches, but there's still one thing I don't understand. You said we were going to get to see some players beat up on each other, but I haven't seen them even break out the dice yet. Caleb, you know this is a real-life football game, right? We're not about to watch a bunch of guys play an RPG. I mean, who would want to just sit and listen to a bunch of guys play an RPG? Yeah, <laughs> who, who, would, who would want to do that? Alright, let's talk about some racial feats. Now listen, when I think of rock people, it was cool to be like, this guy's made of rock, it's going to be hard to fight him, I understand that. And the idea of like the fire person, is it's fire, fire murders a fool. But when you think of air, it's like, what is, what is the wind going to do to me? And then you consider that you are constantly breathing air, and that air is literally everywhere on the planet, <laughs> even underwater. So so I'm, I'm expecting to see some devastating feats, we better see some cool stuff. Some of the feet chains are actually what sold me on the uh, when I made myself character. I think some of these are really cool. Uh, so the first one is Airy Step, and this is part of their you know three feet chain that we've seen on the Ifrit and the Orid. The air responds to your innate elemental nature, protecting you from harm and cushioning your falls. You gain a plus two bonus on saving throws against effects with the air or electricity descriptors and effects that deal electricity damage. You may ignore the first thirty feet of any fall when determining fall damage. I mean, you you kind of already have Featherfall unless you're falling a thousand times a day. I replaced Featherfall. This allowed me to replace the Featherfall oh. um, spell-like ability with another alternate racial trait, so I didn't have to worry much about falling. Okay. But yeah, I think a Ring of Featherfall isn't that expensive, though, right? Not at all. It's like 1,000 or 2,000 gold. Yeah, so I don't know if you want to really waste your feet on this. Well, let's continue down the chain. Fine. Next is Wings of Air. The wind lifts you, carrying you where you want to go. You need to be level 9 and have airy step. Your bonus on saves against effects with the air electricity descriptors and effects that deal electricity damage increases to plus four. In addition, you gain a supernatural fly speed equal to your base speed. With good maneuverability, you may only fly with this ability when wearing light or no armor. Holy crap, only two feats for flying? Yeah, permanent supernatural fly speed equal to your base speed. If I'm a fighter... maneuverability. Oh, never mind. You can't. You have to wait till you're level nine, but still... I thought you could get this earlier, but level nine, that is some, that is, you are some ways into the game, but still, I can fly and it's good? Mm-hmm. So, my idea, I, I like the backstory for the self, but my idea for, like, mechanically was at later levels, um, I was a rogue. So, I, I think I actually took, like, ninja tricks so I could vanish. And my idea was that, like, eventually I'd be able to fly around and disappear and make stealth checks with, like, hide in plain sight and such. And it was just, like, a very interesting build, um... With this in particular, this goes well with um, their alternate racial trait that increases their speed by 5 feet. So you can actually fly around a little bit faster. And that's actually it for the chain. That It's just a 2 feet chain that gets them a fly speed, which, you know, any non-caster would love to have a fly speed. 
I think that's really cool. Granted, you have to wear light or no armor, so that does restrict you if you want to be like a you know a fighter or sure. something like that. I do think it's it's interesting. I mean, when I think of I want to fly, I'm I'm thinking of Asimar because I love like the idea of angelic wings. But if everyone's gonna, if anyone's going to fly, it's got to be the air elemental person, right? Mm-hmm. So the next feat is Cloud Gazer. Your insight into your elemental heritage gives you a clarity of sight few humans possess. You can see through fog mist, and clouds without penalty, ignoring any cover or concealment bonuses from such effects. If the effect is created by magic, this feat instead triples the distance you can see without penalty. Uh, in- an interesting feat. I like that this is an option. Like, if you're getting, you know, obscuring misted every other fight, or you're <laughs> fighting, like, you know, fog elementals, or, you know, this this is a bisetting kind of feat, but I really like it. Um, we saw something similar with the Ifrit. They could see through smoke and fire without uh, any sort of penalty, and now we see the Sylph gets it through fog and mist and such. If you have a GM that is just really into all sorts of environment rules, and you want to fly all the time, you might want to be able to see through clouds. Yeah. Just saying. (laughs) There's Elemental Jaunt, which you need to be level 15, and you need to be a Sylph. This is one that's also available to Oreeds, Ifrit, and uh, Undyne's. I'm not sure if we mentioned this one with the Oreed. Sorry if we didn't do that, but you can cast Plane Shift as a spell-like ability, to transport yourself and willing targets to an elemental plane that is appropriate to your race. So for these guys, it's going to be the plane of air. While on that plane, you are treated as though under the effects of the spell Planar Adaptation. I don't even remember doing this for the Ifrit one, honestly. Yeah, I think we did mention it for Ifrits, and we were like, kind of not a great idea to bring your allies to the plane of fire. They might have a little bit <laughs> difficult acclimating themselves to that. But a uh, right. plane of air is definitely one that I think they could subsist on. Granted, you land on solid ground at some point. Right. 15th level, getting, you know, a powerful spell once per day. Not not a bad trade for a feat. Our last feat is Inner Breath, and all this requires you is to be character level 11. Your body is suffused with elemental air that provides for all your respiratory needs. You no longer need to breathe. You are immune to effects that require breathing, such as an inhaled poison. This does not give you immunity to cloud or gas attacks that do not require breathing, such as cloud kill. Very cool feat. I really like this. Is it mechanically really all that strong? No, I don't believe so at all, but I just really like the idea of, like, you, the, the sylph just isn't breathing. <laughs> I have enough air. There. I don't think I need to intake more. Thank you. <laughs> well, when we talk about breathing, it reminds me of one of the items that they get. They get this vial, and I, I only really bring it up because... This is practically the bag of air from the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, <laughs> where you, you pop. It's just like this little vial. And you're like, oh, it's empty. And you pop it up and just a rush of wind. You're like, oh, close that right up. Uh, but the way it works, instead of transporting you to David Hasselhoff, this you bring it right up to your mouth and you open it up, and a rush of air comes out that gives you so much air that you don't need to breathe for ten rounds. So you can swim or whatever, whatever you need to do that doesn't require breathing. It is eighty gold. Then there's the wing cloak, which the reason I brought up their weight earlier, because you're so light, only you can use this. This isn't like one of those elemental things that's like, oh, well, you know, anybody can use it. No, this one only works for people who are light. Uh, Technically, sylphs and similar creatures whose light, airy bodies can be borne upon the winds. And it's just like the Batman cape, where it's like, oh, this looks like it's just made of, you know, silk fabric, whatever. But it's got little wooden structures that you can... Work out to spread it out like a wing, and you can feather fall by making a fly check, and you can also glide by making a fly check. 
So if you have this, you don't need a Featherfall Ring. It's rather expensive. It's 1,200 gold, but this is a non-magical item. This is just like a regular mundane piece of equipment, and I think that's really cool. They get a special armor ability, which is the first time we're seeing this when we did notice that they have special magic enchantments. We saw weapons ability, but this is the first time we're seeing an armor special ability. Uh, it's called Cloud Burst. This armor is usually decorated with engravings of storm clouds and lightning bolts. If an attack strikes the wearer and deals at least 10 points of electricity damage, the armor becomes visibly charged with electricity for one round. As a swift action on the wearer's next turn that does not provoke an attack opportunity, she may use Shocking Grasp as a spell-like ability, dealing 1d6 points of electricity damage for every 10 points of damage dealt to the wearer since her last turn. Now, it doesn't say electricity damage, it just says 10 points of damage dealt. Uh, ugh. I mean, if I'm being hit with electricity, it's probably by a thing that's immune to electricity. Yeah, I don't like that at all. The damage is also really low. Like, how much, what, is that a plus one ability, a plus two ability? Uh, it's just a, a flat price, plus 5,000. Uh, I mean, it's interesting and flavorful. I think it's mechanically very weak. You, you gotta get nuked for 20 damage in order to deal 2d6. Instead of doing whatever you were planning and doing on your turn. I'd what is a free action? Oh, swift it's a, action. It, oh, it's a swift action. Okay, actually, I like that better than, I didn't consider And it that. doesn't provoke an attack of opportunity, which is good. Yeah, okay, so I actually, I like that a little bit more. If you know you're gonna be fighting... But you're right, like, if you know you're fighting stuff that does electricity, like, unless you're fighting the Electric Guild, who are just people that wield electricity, um... Right. It's probably gonna be immune to it in some way, shape, or form. Not a fan. Because then your DM's gotta make, like, you know, the big bad guy use electricity, and then all his mooks just happen to not be immune to electricity. And right. just, <laughs> it's a lot to get that thing to work. I love that word. I'm glad you used that word, mook. Mook, good why? Word. It's a good word. Oh, okay. Not, not used oh. a lot. I, I'm glad I used it. That is the Sylph. What do you think about them, Christian? I, I like them a lot. I like, because um, I like fast acrobatics characters, and they fit that with the alternate racial traits. I think they are very flavorful. I really like the way that they did flavor Sylphs as being, like, um, kind of reclusive. And I think mechanically they're just, you know, I really like their feet chains. I, I really like the idea of anyone being able to get a fly speed. I agree. There's not a ton of options, but... Uh, but kind of like the other LRL elementals, there's those shared options that we determined are pretty good. Um, I, I really like mostly the non-mechanical stuff, honestly. I like the, the airiness about them, the wind following them, the special blue tattoo stuff they get. I like that stuff, honestly, more than the rest of it. But with the other three in our mind so far, I really feel like this one maybe reflects the least the base element. I would agree with that, yeah. I mean, But I mean, how much more can you reflect wind other than being airy and flighty sure. and... Like, how do you convey that in a personality? Or even in physicality, which I think they did a fine thing. They said, we can make, the, we can make their hair clouds, or we can give them special cool tattoos. I'm glad <laughs> they picked their tattoos. Every member of the Sylph race vapes naturally. <laughs> we get it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, next is the Tengu, a very interesting race just from uh, a, a glance. I've always thought them very interesting, and I'm happy to do a deep dive on them and see what they're like. All right? So, guys, look forward to that. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Hey, Andrew, you want to play some D&D tonight? No, 
I, I can't. You're not real. None of this is real. 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 Mental divergence can be a tricky situation, but we here at Tales from the Lich can be your hand in the infinite darkness. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com.